she has little more part in this story, yet there is one further thing about her you should know. She had a dollhouse. This dollhouse was very large and very fine, almost a castle in miniature. When the time of her marriage came round, Sasha mustered as much cheer as she could, but she was said to be leaving everyone and everything at the great house in the western barony where she had grown up, and she was a little bit nervous, too. She told her mother, I have never been married before and do not know if I shall like it. But of all the childish things she left behind, the one she regretted most was the dollhouse she had had ever since she was a little girl. Roland, who was a kind man, somehow discovered this, and although he was also nervous about his future life, after all, he had never been married before either, he found time to commission Quentin Ellender, the greatest craftsman in the land, to build his new wife a new dollhouse. I want it to be the finest dollhouse a young lady ever had, he told Ellender. I want her to look at it once and forget about her old dollhouse forever. As you'll no doubt realize, if Roland really meant this, it was a foolish thing to say. No one ever forgets a toy that made him or her supremely happy as a child, even if that toy is replaced by one like it that is much nicer. Sasha never forgot her old dollhouse, but she was quite impressed with the new one. Anyone who was not a total idiot would have been. Those who saw it declared it was Quentin Ellender's best work, and it may have been. It was a country house in miniature, very like the one Sasha had lived in with her parents in rolling western barony. Everything in it was small, but so cunningly made you would swear it must really work, and most things in it did. The stove, for instance, really got hot and would even cook tiny portions of food. If you put a piece of hard coal no bigger than a matchbox in it, it would burn all day— and if you reached into the kitchen with your clumsy big person's finger and happened to touch the stove while the coal was burning, it would give you a burn for your pains. There were no faucets and no flushing toilets, because the kingdom of Delane did not know about such things, and doesn't even to this day, but if you were very careful, you could pump water from a hand pump that stood not much taller than your pinky finger. There was a sewing room with a spinning wheel that really spun and a loom that really wove. The spinet in the parlor would really play if you touched the keys with a toothpick, and the tone was true. People who saw this said it was a miracle, and surely Flagg must have been involved somehow. When Flagg heard such stories, he only smiled and said nothing. He had not been involved in the dollhouse at all. He thought it a silly project in truth. But he also knew it was not always necessary to make claims and tell people how wonderful you were to achieve greatness. Sometimes all you had to do was look wise and keep your mouth shut. In Sasha's dollhouse were real Kashemin rugs, real velvet curtains, real china plates. The cold cabinet really kept things cold. The wainscoting in the receiving parlor in the front hall was of cherished ironwood. There was glass in all the windows and a many-colored fanlight over the wide front doors. All in all, it was the jolliest dollhouse any child ever dreamed of. Sasha clapped her hands over it with real delight at the wedding party when it was unveiled, and thanked her husband for it. Later she went to Ellender's workshop and not only thanked him, but curtsied deeply before him, an act that was almost unheard of. In that day and age, queens did not curtsy to mere artisans. Roland was pleased, and Ellender, whose sight had failed noticeably in the course of the project, was deeply touched. But it did not make her forget her old dear dollhouse at home, as ordinary as it seemed when compared with this one, and she did not spend as many rainy afternoons playing with it, rearranging the furniture, lighting the stove, and watching the chimneys smoke, pretending that there was a high tea going on or that there was to be a great dinner party for the queen, as she had before, even as an older girl of fifteen and sixteen. 
One of the reasons was very simple. There was no fun-making ready for a pretend party at which the queen would be in attendance when she was the queen, and maybe that one reason was really all the reasons. She was a grown-up now, and she discovered that being a grown-up was not quite what she had suspected it would be when she was a child. She had thought then that she would make a conscious decision one day to simply put her toys and games and little make-believes away. Now she discovered that was not what happened at all. Instead, she discovered, interest simply faded. It became less and less and less, until a dust of years drew over the bright pleasures of childhood and they were forgotten.